frequency of heaven I want to be Good morning and welcome to the Frequency of Heaven podcast. I hope everyone is having an awesome week so far. I'm going to pray and we're going to get right into a message this morning. I feel God has put on my heart um, just about peace and having peace. I think we all could use a little more peace in our life at times. So Father, we just thank you that you're the Prince of Peace, Jesus, that you came and you died on the cross. You took all the sins, all the burdens, all the darkness in It was laid on your shoulders. You were crucified for us. You were pierced for our transgressions. And uh, we thank you for taking our place. And we just ask today that you would give us a revelation and wisdom on who you are even more clearly and how you work and operate to bring real transformation in our life. In Jesus' name, I pray Amen. You know, as a pastor, sometimes you have to stop and look, okay, here's the things we're doing in the church. Here's what's going on. And no matter whether more people are coming or the giving is up, you have to ask the hard questions. Are people experiencing transformation? Jesus came to bring change to hearts. And when you study and look at the life of Jesus, people that he really encountered, people that he met, they were different. People that um, spent time with him, they experienced transformation. And um, there's, a, you know, you can have a Bible study. You can, have, you can go to church. You can sit in Sunday school for 30 years. But at the end of the day, am I a little bit more like Jesus today than yesterday? Do I have more of the fruit of the Spirit, more love? Because the greatest commandment is to love God and to love people. And we're supposed to be growing. It says in Second Peter chapter 1 that, that we need to be growing in Christ so that our faith has a value and a worth to it that Christ invested in us for. So at the end of the day, am I growing? Am I changing? I want to read a verse for you from Luke 22. I was in Luke 22 talking about Peter disowning Christ. But now I'm here in Luke 22, verse 37. Jesus says this, It is written, and he was numbered with the transgressors. I tell you that this must be fulfilled in me. Yes, what is written about me is reaching fulfillment. In Jesus' life, he knew the plan of the Father, He knew he came to die. He knew he was going to rise from the dead. He'd prophesied these things. And these things needed to, he says, reach their fulfillment. And I want you to think about that phrase because the Father has plans for us. It says that in Ephesians 2, verse 10. It says it in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11. Christ has plans for us that he wants to bring to fulfillment. He has transformation. He has growth in the faith that he wants to see in our lives. And so at the end of the day, we got to ask ourselves, am I starting to be a little bit more like Jesus? Am I more bold in my evangelism? Do I love people? Do I have a little more patience? <laughs> Do I have a little more peace? Well, today I want to talk about peace and the things that were happening in Jesus' life. Now, now he said, 
these things are about to reach their fulfillment. Now, what's going to happen? Well, he's going to be arrested. He's going to be um, falsely charged and accused. He's going to be beaten up, crucified, and he's going to raise from the dead. And these things were fulfilled in him. But I want you to notice this is also what happens to us. Um, now, look here. I, this verse, I almost read this yesterday. What I read yesterday in my sermon started at verse 54 in this very chapter. I didn't read verse 53. Let me read to you the verse that is right before where I jumped in yesterday in this discussion on Jesus uh, um, at the Garden of Gethsemane, arrested, taken, and then Peter follows and will end up denying that he even knows Jesus three times the rooster crows. Well, right before that, Jesus says this, Every day I was with you guys, he's talking to the chief priest and religious leaders who arrested him. Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you didn't lay a hand on me, but this is your hour when darkness reigns. And Jesus experienced that. He experienced an hour of Islam. It was more than an hour. That's figuratively for a short season. But um, he experienced incredible darkness where it was the perfect storm. It was his friends betraying him, Judas betraying him, Peter disowning him, religious leaders falsely accusing him. The crowd is going to yell, crucify him. He's going to be beaten, the crown of thorns. Um, He's going to be flogged. You know, it's like (laughs) this is his darkest hour. But what happens is, what you see in the in the thing that I look at Christ and I, I find a motivation, I find inspiration, and I find spiritual help for my own transformation in his hour where darkness reigned, the previous verse said there's a fulfillment that's happening. Now, I want you to think about this. In verse 37, he said, there, I'm, a, I'm reaching fulfillment. But then here, just a few verses later, he says, it's the darkest hour. What if most of us in our life to reach fulfillment in in the transformation that Jesus wants to do, we kind of have to go through this process like Jesus. Jesus said, I'm about to reach fulfillment. Then he said, there's the darkest hour of his life. What if we also many times to reach our fulfillment have to go through the, where darkness reigns? What if to get to that mountaintop over there, we have to go through a dark valley? And why is that? Well, let me read to you when Jesus is here uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane with his disciples and he is praying. And, um, you know, this is actually before this because this is, of course, right before he's arrested. And um, as he is here, and he's praying at the Mount of Olives. This is verse 39, still Luke 22. Let's read how Jesus goes and finds peace in prayer as he bow to enter the, the hour where darkness reigns. It says, verse 39, Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. You know, prayer can keep us out of temptation, but it also can give us supernatural strength. So when that temptation comes, we're ready. We don't always know when we're going to be tempted. 
This verse reminds me when Jesus told us in Matthew 6, pray our father, which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then the end of that prayer says, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. That's a good thing to pray every day. Verse 41, he withdrew about a stone throws away beyond them, knelt down and prayed, father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Now, what kind of anxiety level does he have? He knows the hour darkness reigns is coming, but he's got to reach his fulfillment. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him and being in anguish. So he, he's in anguish. He is, it is, it's intense. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Some people believe he actually had a condition where he was so stressed out, blood vessels broken. He actually is, is sweating out blood here. Uh, when he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep and exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He asked. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. So here we go. We have Jesus needing his time of fulfillment, of, of being everything that the Father planned for him to be, and to do what the Father planned for him to do is about to reach the fulfillment, but he has to go through the hour that darkness reigns. But before he really, before he's arrested, he goes into the garden and he prays with such intensity that he sweats drops of blood. I think there's something here for us. I think that when we are in, you know, the Father's hands and he's trying to help us to grow in Christ, to be more like Jesus, to love, to share our faith, to be mature, to not react, to have more peace, to have more joy, to be able to worship in the storm, um, that we need the Garden of Gethsemane season in our life. We need times where we sweat it out in prayer. Now, it's interesting how stressed out he is here. He sweats drop of blood. But if you keep reading, it kind of appears from here on, he's very calm. And I've always thought, and maybe I'm wrong, but I've always thought Jesus surrendered something here. This is right between verse 37 and verse 53. In verse 37, he's got to reach his fulfillment. Verse 53, the darkest hour is starting to rain. But right between those two verses, he sweats it out <laughs> in prayer. He gets peace in his heart and trust. And then he's able to get through that darkest hour. So how do we do that? And, and what are some lessons for us? Well, number one, I want us, as you're listening to this podcast today, I believe that part of getting on the frequency of heaven is tuning into Christ in such a way that can bring peace in, in almost any storm. Now, let, let me give you some verses here that prove that Christ wants you to have peace. And even if you have to pray until blood comes out of your forehead, <laughs> if that's what it takes. But this is the trans one of the areas of transformation that God wants to do. You know, when we look back at last year, at the year before, and I, I, I bet 
almost all of you listening can. The things that used to freak you out, the things that used to get under your skin, the things that used to drive you nuts, um, you have a little more peace there. That's called Christian maturity. That's called growing in Christ. But it's a lifelong thing. Look, this is a really well-known verse in Isaiah chapter 26. I remember the first time I heard this verse, I was listening to a Charles Stanley, the old Baptist preacher from Atlanta, was preaching and he used this verse. I'm like, oh, I love that verse years ago. Isaiah 26, 3. This is talking about the power of peace and how God wants us to have peace. You, God, will keep in perfect peace. Oh, I like that. Perfect peace in any storm, any situation. It's perfect. It's complete. It doesn't fail. I want some of that. Sign me up. You will keep, God's going to do the work. Whoa. So God's going to give this peace. God's going to do it. How do, it says, he'll keep you in this peace. The one whose mind is steadfast, or some versions might say fixed, because he trust in you. Now, this is something that comes up many times in scripture. There is a direct correlation between the level of peace that we have, Jesus being the Prince of Peace, and our trust. If I'm trusting that uh, I'm going to be able to pay my bills this week, I I have peace. If I'm not trusting that God's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, I probably don't have peace. (laughs) There's a direct correlation between trust and peace. There's a moment in the Garden of Gethsemane here where Jesus has, he knows the physical pain he's about to face. He knows the rejection of his friends and his closest disciples and the yelling of the crowd. And he, he knows, at least in some detail, what he's about to face. But he finds peace in knowing that he can trust the Father's plan. He, he, he didn't find peace in that the Father was going to take all of this away from him because he didn't. He found peace in, okay, my Father's in control. Not my will be done, but yours be done. And so it's a surrender of the will and he found peace. But I, I want you to get that in your heart. God can keep, he can keep you in peace in any situation. I, I think there's some people, and I, I think maybe early on in my life when I had, I had a lot of anger issues. I had kind of convinced myself that it's okay to freak out. It's okay to lose my peace. It's okay to lose my cool. And that doesn't really mean I'm a bad Christian or I'm not really growing in Christ. And I, I made a lot of excuses for my attitude and, and losing my peace. And I, I didn't realize that the Lord expects me. It's one of the fruit of the spirit, right? That, that the Lord wants us to grow in the fruit. Galatians 5, says the fruit of the spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, the fruit of that is love, joy, peace. And so eventually through some of these verses, I begin to realize, okay, now Jesus on his way to fulfillment, going to go through his darkest hour where darkness reigns. He found peace in the garden of Gethsemane. Because you study, I mean, when they put the crown of thorns on him, when they flogged him, when he's on the cross and he wins the the thief to salvation. (laughs) He wouldn't have done that if he didn't have peace, if he's freaking out. He says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He said to John, please take care of my mother Mary as I'm gone. Like he had peace enough while being crucified to to do all these things incredible and it, it was um, it was a mark 
of the supernatural on his life, to have peace. It was a supernatural peace. But look at here in Proverbs talking about wisdom. Remember in the book of Proverbs when you see the word her, many times it's talking about wisdom. In fact, you can read Proverbs 3.13. Proverbs 3.13 says, Blessed is the man who finds wisdom. Okay? So, sorry, I, when you read the word her in Proverbs, we're, we're talking about wisdom. Now, watch the power of wisdom, verse 17. Her wisdom, wisdom's ways are pleasant ways. All her paths are peace. All? <laughs> this is a verse the Lord gave me years ago when I was struggling, and he said, Caleb, slow down. Let me show you how to deal with this difficult situation. There is a peaceful or at least a more peaceful way to get where you need to go and to work things out. And um, in the Lord, you know, if you have wisdom, the paths of that are peace. Isn't that an awesome verse? And the Lord showed me that and it really touched me. And of course, we know Philippians 4, 7, that says, you know, don't have stress about things, but pray, present your request to God with thanksgiving in your heart and the peace of God, God's peace in you that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So peace is really important because it guards our hearts and minds. But let me show you one more thing that peace does that I think is so powerful because peace some some ways is kind of a weapon. We used to sing a song at church camp. It was probably the most rambunctious song that we would do at church camp. The kids would jump up and down. We would do this spin kind of thing and, and the electric guitars would get going on this song and it was called Romans 16, 19. And it was a really fun song, but wow, it quoted this verse in this verse, Romans 16, 19 and 20, has an incredible, incredible, powerful message about peace. Now it says, everyone has heard about your obedience, so I am full of joy over you, but I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent of what is evil. Now watch this. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. And that's what Jesus did. He found peace in the Garden of Gethsemane. He sweated out. <laughs> he sweat out the anxiety. He sweat out the anger, the rejection, the, the loneliness. He sweated out in prayer. He sweated out in surrender. And he was able to face the hour that darkness reigned with grace and peace. And this peace, what it, what it say here in verse 20? will crush Satan. Isn't that what the cross did? It crushed Satan underneath his feet. Amen. That's exactly what it did. And so peace has the power. And I, let me just give you, um, this may not be, I don't know what minute we're on here, we're about 20 minutes. Maybe this podcast is not quite as long as someone, but I just want to give you a story and then pray this over you. Last week, I had uh, an issue resurface. Previously, maybe two months ago, an issue came up, and I, I lost my temper. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'm not going to go into details. It's embarrassing. But I lost my, I lost my peace. Um, 
pretty bad. And um, I know the Lord forgives me and he gives me, there's grace there and I'm not beating myself up over that, but I, I want to grow. I want transformation. I, I want to face that battle again and have victory and redemption, you know? And, um, and so it came up again on um, a last, I, the last Thursday night, it was last or last Wednesday or last Thursday night, one of those nights. Exact same issue came up, and I was laying in bed, battling it out. It was my garden at Gethsemane, and I'm I couldn't sleep, and I'm like, um, but what was really cool, I began to pray, and sometimes when you're in that darkest hour and you're losing your peace. There literally is like this moment that you're just clinging to Jesus um, by your fingernails. <laughs> you know, you're clean like the. You may not sweat drops of blood, but you're clinging to Christ with 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 your fingernails. And I'll be honest, this particular issue that came up. Sometimes I kind of just justify. You know what? It's okay to go off on this. It's okay to lose my peace. I should be losing my peace. And um, you know, it's easy sometimes to justify our behavior and we look at different circumstances, but I just kept clinging to Christ and praying. And in the same way Jesus sweat out drops of blood, I kind of felt like I was, spiritually speaking, I was sweating out my impatience with this situation. I was sweating out my anger and my, you know, almost rage because I just so angry about this particular thing. And it was like, I, I, as I was going through this prayer time, and it's almost like it was reaching a mountain, reaching a mountain where like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to lose my temper about this. But I reached a moment of just, and I kept coming back to Christ and kept praying and clinging that I then I started to come down the other side in peace, peace, peace. And I began to experience his peace and watch it. This was so awesome. Proverbs 3.17 happened. Christ, it it didn't happen right away, but eventually Proverbs 3.17 happened. He showed me wisdom. He showed me a path to handle this that was peaceful. I was like, whoa. And then I felt like he gave me a strategy that crushed Satan underneath his feet. And I didn't have to resort to, to anger or, or stress or anxiety or impatience, but I had to sweat it out in prayer. I had to have that garden of Gethsemane. And, um, but I know the Lord was doing something in me because number one, I, I refuse to believe that I had to lose my peace. I believed it was possible these verses are true. It is possible to have peace and um, that it is God's will and that he's going to help me. And even though it felt like I was clinging to Christ with my fingernails, but see, one of the things we can do is we can go to Luke 22. We can reread Jesus sweating it out in the Garden of Gethsemane as our inspiration. And then we can pray to that Jesus. Okay, Jesus, help me surrender my will, help me to sweat out every impurity of impatience and anger and resentment and help me to find peace so that even if I have to face an hour where darkness reigns, 
I represent you well as an ambassador of heaven, full of grace, and I, I look more like Jesus. And the cool thing is if we mess up uh, with it, we'll probably get another chance. There'll probably be another time in life where a, a storm rises and we get to have peace in that storm and hold on to Christ. Let me pray for you that God would just begin to activate these spiritual truths. Father, we ask you come right now and fill us supernaturally with the love that comes from heaven. Would you strengthen us in our inner man that Christ could dwell in our hearts through faith? Would you let us know how high and wide and long and deep your love is that we might be filled up to all the fullness of God? In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Have an awesome week, beloved. On the frequency of heaven I want to be the frequency of Christ I want